What's going on, everyone? We're back with another episode for the Jane J Sports Show. It's Joey here, along with Jacob, as always. Jacob, what's yes, going sir. on? Yes, sir. Not much. How are you doing today, Joey? You know, pretty good, pretty good. So, what time is it? Eight thirty-seven on a Tuesday night. Can't complain. Yes, sir. And, uh, and today complain. we're joined by a special guest, fellow classmate of ours, uh, John Mayer. John, what's going on, John? Hey, what's on? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on. Of course, of course. Thanks for stopping by. So I know, uh, I know you have a podcast of your own. We did one uh, in the past, especially freshman year, and a little bit this year. Uh, and you're doing it on your own now. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So last year, me, you, our other friends Ben, Anthony, and EJ, we had uh, a Steelers podcast for, uh, behind my page, and I was promoting on my uh, socials, my Instagram, and we just got together every week and we just talked Steelers. And um, for this pro- for this uh, class, we had to create a, another podcast. So I figured, why not just do it like on my own and like see where it goes. And I've been just talking draft talk, every all Steelers news, my thoughts, pretty much the same thing, but just on my own and just going through that. And it's been awesome. It's been awesome. And I'm glad to join you guys on your show. Yeah, no, I've been I've been listening and watching to some of the stuff you've been posting on your Instagram. It looks fire. Uh, so today, uh, it really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today we're gonna do uh, some pirate stuff, some penguin stuff. Jacob's gonna cover that, and then some Steelers stuff. John's gonna talk about that. Uh, but where can, where can they find us at, uh, Jacob? Where can they find us out in the uh, social media world? They can find us at on Twitter and Instagram at JJ Sports Show. All right, and John, plug your socials real quick. Where where can everyone find you at? So everyone can find my podcast on the link in my bio at SteelersFan7 on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I created a TikTok. I'm not too active on TikTok, but I did create a TikTok at SteelersFan7 on TikTok. And my personal uh, at John there, but that has nothing to do with my podcast. So I just threw that out there. No, that's cool. You know, Joe, you're going to have to forgive me. I don't know how I forgot this, but I we forgot I forgot my own socials for the show. Yeah. Our Twitter and Instagram, it's J underscore J Sports Show. Not yeah, that big a deal, but big enough that if you search it, you probably would not be able to find it. So it's J underscore J Sports Show. Yeah. All right. We're so we're going to dive. We're going to dive right into it. We're going to talk some Pirates baseball first since uh, – we haven't talked baseball in a while. We didn't do anything last week. We both got a little busy. Um, so the Pirates home opener on a 4-1 two-day, they lost to the Cubs. Uh, newly acquired Say Suzuki hit two home runs off of us. Um, honestly, I was at that game. Was I surprised that we lost? No. Was I surprised of how close the score was? Yeah. I honestly thought that if we weren't winning the game, then we were going to get blown out in our first home game. Uh Luckily, we won the next game uh, the following day, which was good, just the two-game series against the Cubs. So we uh, we finished that out pretty strong. Um, and then we played the Nationals uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and let's see – not Monday, but uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We won Thursday 9-4. We lost Friday, but we won Saturday and Sunday. So we won our first series of the year. Uh, we're five and five now, winning one of those games in St. Louis on opening weekend. Um, I mean, what do you what do you guys think the Pirates are going to do so far this year? I know we were talking about it earlier at UView, saying how we're not really sure uh, what's going on with the Pirates, especially because I mean they're five and five. A lot of people are thinking that they should have lost a couple more games or maybe even one, depending on which lineup was in the uh, was in the rotation for the day. 
well, you know, I'll, I'll start um, the discussion here. I mean, I am, am I impressed that they're five and five? I mean, not at the moment. I mean, I'm happy that they're at five and five. I mean, right now as we're filming this, I think they're down four nothing to Milwaukee right now. Yeah, they're losing. So I mean, they'll probably drop to five and six. Yeah. So I mean, they'll they they'll probably, if I'm guessing, drop to five and six. But I mean, just to say that they were like they were above five hundred going into that Milwaukee series. So I mean, that's pretty impressive. But I mean, to win a game against the Cubs is pretty good. And to honestly play two close games against the Cubs whenever they have an above 500 record, I mean, that's nothing to be ashamed of. And Washington doesn't really have the best record, but they came from behind a couple of games against Washington, which kind of surprised me. So, I mean, it's only like the first two weekends of the season, so I'm not really getting too high up on a horse with baseball right now, but I do think it's a good start. Yeah, John, what do you think? So I feel like every year it was the same deal last year. The Pirates got off to a great start and then the wheels fell off and they lost 11 consecutive and it was a rough year the rest of the way. And I don't know why I'm getting a similar vibe from this team, even though I do feel like they could pass up the expectations, the not so lofty expectations, let's be honest, but I feel like they could get into more like the 70 win range instead of like the <laughs> 50 60 that everyone was projecting them but I feel mm-hmm. like if especially if they call up O'Neill Cruz I don't know what they're doing because I feel like Kevin Newman just isn't it at shortstop and yeah. I feel like it's time for O'Neill Cruz to make his debut in the big leagues I don't know why they haven't called him up yet I don't know if it has to do some of arbitration or something but Kevin Newman needs out of the lineup and O'Neill Cruz. I feel like if they get O'Neill Cruz in there, they could surprise some people. The only thing is the pitching staff. I'm JT Brubaker, the ace, and the rest of it. It's just a mishmash. Even though Rosie Contreras, the prospect they did call up, is looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they, but that pitching staff does need work. Do I think the Pirates are going to do great this year? Still no. But I feel like there's a chance they could pass up these expectations that everyone's placing on them and shock some people you know they won their first series of the year against Washington we were at the game together uh, on the home opener if it wasn't for Seiya Suzuki the Pirates would have had a one nothing shutout win yeah so, and Quintana didn't even yeah. look bad that game either like I really yeah. was going into the game thinking that Quintana was honestly going to give up a lot more runs and to my surprise I mean he only he gave up two home runs which is still a pretty big deal but at the same time like Two home runs, and I don't remember yeah. what the rest of his stat line was. Let me pull that up real quick. Let's see. Show me who, show me a pitcher who's not going to give up two home runs in a game this year. You'll be hard-pressed to find one that who isn't going to throw it. I mean, it happens. You just yeah, get beat. Yeah. like you know, And it's only two earned runs. It just so happened that they were two solo home runs. Yeah, I mean, Especially the fact those are the only two runs scored in the game. It's not right. like he got beat. It was by the same fire. Suzuki well, right. did not remember that. didn't give up a – both home runs. You only gave up the one. I'm looking at it right now. We had four, that makes his stats look even four better. guys throw that day. Quintana pitched five and a tenth. He gave up five hits, one home run to say uh, two walks and three strikeouts. And then uh, Anthony Banda came in, pitched like one and a quarter-ish, two hits, gave up one home run to say uh, three strikeouts. I mean, Stratton pitched one and Bednar closed it out. I mean, Stratton had one hit, two strikeouts. Bednar, no hits, no runs, no walks, one yeah. strikeout. It's not terrible. Uh, but going mm-hmm. back to what you were saying, John, about um, how many wins we're going to have this year, I think 
I don't remember what it, my exact number was, but I remember on our first episode, I was saying something about how we're going to get at least 70. Uh, and I, I, I put it on the record. I was like, we'll win, we'll win 70 at least. And then to your own yep. point, I also said on our first episode that they need to call up a Neil Cruz because of the Kevin Newman struggles. I mean, I just saw something like what, 20, 30 minutes ago, maybe on a pirates fan account. And they were, they were saying the same exact thing that we are. Kevin Newman needs to go. They think that the only reason he's there is for his uh, defensive ability, but he gave up an error today and that scored two runs. So who knows? I personally am not a Kevin Newman fan. I've, I mean, I haven't been a Kevin Newman fan for the past like two years. He's great on the field. He's a great defensive player. He's great. But his batting is so unbelievably poor that it really doesn't make up for his fielding. It's just, it doesn't work. O'Neill Cruz is big. He's young. I mean, he'll be around. He can hit. Did you see what he did in spring training? He was yeah. insane. He was one of the best on the, on the roster this year, especially in spring training. Uh, but we definitely need to call him up. I think it's just to develop him more, honestly, why he's in uh, Indy still. Because he's still, like, younger. I think he played three games last year at the end of the season. We saw him for one. And then Contreras, too. He, we saw him for his debut, and he pitched, like, two innings and then got sent back down. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see what the Pirates are going to do. I know I'm keeping track of the game right now as we're, like, speaking. But still 4-0, top four still. I'm not really sure what the holdup is. I don't see any outs or anything. So, I don't know. I'll keep if some if something good happens, then I'll update everyone. But uh, switching gears, we're gonna go to hockey now. Jacob, floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, it's been the month of April has definitely not been the. Um, it definitely hasn't been the Penguins' best month of the year. I feel like that's kind of a very nice way to put it. I mean, so far in the month of April, we played eight games and we're two five and one. And the two wins that we had, one was against the Islanders and the other one was against Nashville. The Nashville game was a good win considering the caliber opponent that it was going up against. But we had games, arguably we had about two or three games that we probably should have won just because we contended well in them. The game on Saturday against Boston, up in Boston. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, we, we played about like maybe two and a half bad minutes. And then the other 57 and a half minutes, we dominated play. I mean, we only had a goal to show for it, unfortunately. But, I mean, you can't really argue with the amount, like the, the um, kind of caliber play that we, you were getting out of your team. I mean, yeah, and I was watching they play again. It looked, it looked really intense. It was crazy. I saw, like, the last probably, like, 10 minutes of the third, and I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much the way it was like through the last half of the first and the whole second period too. I mean, it was just, it felt like a playoff game just because of how the two opponents kind of match up against each other. It's kind of, they mentioned on the broadcast, it's kind of like an offensive core versus an offensive core because you have Sid and Jake on the first line, and then you have Marshawn and um, Bergeron for Boston. So it's just kind of like, it's the same team just kind of colliding against each other. And that. That's honestly what makes those games against Boston really good. But it is kind of unfortunate that Tristan Jara, he's currently out week to week as it's listed right now because he may have a broken bone in his foot. So it's it's unclear at the moment whether or not he's going to make it back in time for the postseason. So Casey DeSmith looks like he's going to be the starter at least until 
um, playoff time start. And then if Jari's good to come back, he's good to come back. But what do you guys think if they need to improve on something before the postseason? What do you guys think it would need to be? Go ahead, John. I feel like the Pens have just gotten predictable in a way. These teams, they haven't been as strong as they were the past couple months of the season. And come playoff time, you just mentioned Jari's injury. Like, we saw what Jari did in the playoffs last year against the Islanders. He was a hot mess. So, coming back for the playoffs off this uh, injury, how am I supposed to feel about Jari back in net for the playoffs now coming off an injury? So, I just don't know. I'm still uncertain about Tristan Jari come playoff time. So, let's see what happens. Honestly, I, mean, I, I think – go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I didn't even know that Jari was hurt, like, until just now. Like, I yeah. knew I knew DeSmith was starting the other night, but, like, I didn't realize that he had a broken bone in his foot. Like, that's news to me. It really seemed like the collision that – I think the collision that I thought it would have been, like, that broke the bone in his foot, it really didn't seem like it was much. I think maybe if he slid, the guy slid into him, if he slid into him hard enough and his, like the back of his leg that's unprotected by padding, maybe hit the post, maybe that's what broke it. But I mean, the team's been off. They played at 1230 on Saturday and they don't play again until seven o'clock on Thursday. And it's very rare around this time of year that you get that kind of time break off. So I feel like that's a good mental vacation for the team just to kind of get away recollect your thoughts and really just kind of hone in for the playoffs since they're fast, fast approaching. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to build off of what you guys are saying, I, I mean, I know you were saying that this has been a really tough April for the Penguins. I mean, have we seen a Penguins team like this in the past, especially, I mean, what, 16 straight years that we've been going to the playoffs? Has this, has this been like a consistent thing for the Penguins in April or are they usually, they're usually ready? I honestly remember them, like, obviously April's not really, like, if it was a normal season, the regular season would have ended on, like, the, like, maybe the fifth. Oh, so yeah. So it's like, right. we'd, the season was- we would be in playoffs time. Yeah. But, I mean, just kind of going off that, like, for March, historically, we've kind of closed well. And we have, what, like, five, I think, five games left. Yeah. If we close if we close these five games with a winning record, that should boost some confidence going into the playoffs. And yeah. nonetheless, it'll Especially increase three your more seeding. home games too. We have what home yep. game in Boston this Thursday, and then we play the Oilers in Columbus. We how our schedule closes out is we play Boston at home on Thursday. That should be a close game. We play in Detroit Saturday. That should probably be a win. We play in Philly Sunday. That should probably be a win. And then we play Edmonton at home and then Columbus at home to close out the regular season. So it the way that we play those opponents, we should probably at least get three wins out of those five games. I mean, hey, I'm we already made a playoff spot, so I'm not really worried. I think we're possibly mm-hmm. playing the Rangers if if the go. season would end right now, I think we'd play the Rangers. But who would you guys want to go up against? Out of if you had your choice of like, like a wild card team or like a seating inside the metro, who would you guys want to play? Anybody um, but the Rangers. Yeah. Anybody, you think they, so? Yeah. The Penguins have matched up <laughs> so badly against the Rangers this year. We've seen it. They went one and three, and I feel like New York 
they are a good team all around. And mm-hmm. they added Ryan Reeves. They added that physicality. Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider is having a career year. And yep. you can't forget about that beast, the net, Igor Shosturkin, who was single-handed. Possible Vezina winner. Possible Vezina winner. Yeah, yep. I see it happening. And we've seen him shut down the Penguins multiple times this year. And yeah. last year we saw it with the Islanders goal, uh, Sirokin and Varlamov. The yep. Pens had their struggles with them because they were on their game. And unfortunately for yeah. Pittsburgh, Tristan Jari was not. And everything about that, the Pens had the advantage over the Islanders in every aspect over that in that series, except goaltending. And I fear it's going to be the same thing if they play the other New York team when the Rangers, you know? So anyone but yep. New York, I'd rather them face the top-seated Hurricanes than yeah, go I up agree. against Yeah, I honestly – I was seeing something the, early, uh, the other day about, uh, like, Biz and uh, – Bizonette or, yeah, Biz and uh, – Who's the other guy? Ryan Whitney, that dude spitting chicklets. Wait. Wait. Uh, we get a phone call into the pod. I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was Ben call, right? That was, that was Big Ben. That was yeah. Ben. Ben. <laughs> uh, but Biz and Wit were saying somehow they're. I mean, I agree with them because I've been noticing it too that the the Hurricanes aren't that like scary of a team because they're all young guys, and yeah. I mean. Well, granted, they're at the top of the division. I think the Rangers are better than the Hurricanes, honestly. And we've we could, I feel like we could pre- do pretty good against Carolina in the playoffs, and then move on to New York. I don't know how we, you know, how we do then in the second round, but probably Carolina. I mean, would we match up against uh, the Capitals at all, or no? I mean, it's the Capitals in the playoffs. I mean we've matched up against them well whenever and even they even years that they've won like the president's trophy i mean i they don't really scare me i feel like their goaltending definitely isn't the same as like how it has been in the past i feel like they've moved on from goaltenders um i'm i'm blanking on a name who's down there right now i'm gonna note so samsonov yeah i feel like samsonov really isn't a long-term answer for them. I mean, they've, he's been playing okay, but just like how Shesterkin really hasn't had any playoff experience, you know, would you rather go into the playoffs with skill or with experience? Cause all you need is a hot team. Like we have plenty of experience with it, but you need that skill aspect as well to kind of lead your team through those uncharted waters. If you've never been there Yeah, and you need to play well too, which is a challenge as well. I don't know. It'll be interesting to, uh, It'll be interesting to see how the playoffs play out. I honestly, I'm reading some stuff now. It seems like we're probably going to play the Rangers, which, uh, well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we pull something out. But, you know, we still have a couple games left in the season. Maybe something will change. Maybe something won't. We'll I mean, if we get home, if we get home ice against the Rangers, anything's possible. Yeah, that's true. Plus, we've played well on the road all year, so who knows? That's true. All it right, should be fun. So- Let's uh let's go pens, but uh John, Steelers talk. What do you wanna what do you wanna start things off with? Man, the draft is coming up quick. Ten days, something like that. Yeah, ten days. Next Thursday. Next Thursday, yeah. One name I've been hearing. Uh, there's been one name that the Steelers have been connected to throughout this entire process, and that name is Malik Willis. Time and time again. I'm hearing from Todd McShay was recently on ESPN's first draft podcast. And he said that 
the Steelers absolutely love Malik Willis. And Coach Tomlin even told Coach Hugh Freeze that he, if he's at 20, the Steelers are drafting him. So Tomlin has expressed to Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze how much he likes Malik Willis. We saw Tomlin at his pro day, that smile. He was in awe just watching him in pre-draft during his pro day working out. And I feel like Tomlin has a little draft crush on Malik Willis. And I feel like at the same time, Kevin Colbert, it's his last draft. I feel like he's looking to go out with a bang. He's looking to go out with a pick that is going to be remembered for a long time. He doesn't want to go out on a whimper, if you know what I mean. So I feel even Todd McShay went as far to say that if Malik Willis falls into that 10 to 13 range, that the Steelers are going to trade up and make sure that no one jumps ahead of them for Willis. And I'll even go a step further than that. I believe the biggest lock of the draft is Kenny Pickett to to Carolina at six. Even though we all love Kenny, we'd like to see him come to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was going to say. Carolina really likes him too. Because I I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to the draft as much as I usually do. I mean, I I know Malik Willis is potentially going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it. He's a, he's a he's a definitely a good lock, especially for the Steelers for the future. But I mean, I've been seeing a lot of Panthers talk. I mean, people are obviously just don't want him to come to Pittsburgh or maybe even Seattle, depending on what they're doing. Yeah, I'm a little biased. I'd rather the Steelers draft Pickett because Kenny Pickett really got me into college football this past year. Kenny Heisman, the amazing career year he had at Pitt, leading them to an ACC championship. Of course, I want him to stay in Pittsburgh, but from what I've been hearing around the league is that Kenny Pickett is basically a lock to Carolina at six. Kenny Pickett was formerly going to go to Temple (laughs) and the coach that recruited him to Temple was indeed Matt Rule, who was the current head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And the only two head coaches to show up at Kenny Pickett's pro day were Mike Tomlin. Obviously he's a local guy. He's obviously going to be there and Matt Rule. And then Kenny Pickett has some other – like, they need a quarterback, Carolina. Sam Darnold is not the answer. What about Bobby, Baker? I know Baker's – Robbie Anderson isn't a fan of that. And I know it's, – it's, I heard they are the leading team to trade for Baker, but – What do you think – so, for whatever reason, Baker Mayfield becomes a Panther within the next nine days before the draft. Do you think they still draft uh, uh, Kenny? Or – because is Baker – would Baker technically be traded or is he a free agent? Baker would have to be traded. He's still under contract with the Cleveland Browns. So he would have to be traded, but he's under contract around like 18 million. I want to say, I believe the Browns previous previous to this year, they accepted his fifth year option. They didn't know it was going to happen with Watson and everything. So he is under contract for this year. So do you think he, Sam Darnold would be in a trade for that? Or what do you think they do with that? If they were to trade for Baker Mayfield? I feel like Cleveland really wouldn't want Sam Darnold in a trade considering they already have Watson, Jacoby Brissett, and now former Steeler Josh Dobbs on the roster. So I feel like they're set at quarterback and Baker's still on the roster out of those four. So, I mean, out of those quarterbacks. So I feel like Cleveland wouldn't want Sam Darnold in a trade back. I don't know who – I don't blame them for not. I don't know who would want Sam Darnold in a trade after what he's put out on the field these past couple of years. But if the Carolina Panthers do strike a trade for Baker Mayfield, I would see them then passing up on Kenny Pickett and drafting an offensive tackle. But as of this moment, I just don't see it happening because as I said before, Matt Rule and Kenny Pickett, that connection is there. And their owner 
was a former minority owner with the Steelers, David Tepper. And David Tepper was a huge Pitt booster. He graduated from Pitt. So he has connections to Pitt. So I can only imagine what he was thinking watching Kenny Pickett have this career year at his alma mater, you mm -hmm. know? So the yeah. owner, and plus like Matt Rule is looking to make a splash. The He's on the hot seat. He's had a couple of unsuccessful seasons in Carolina. The Darnold trade obviously didn't work out. He has to win and he has to win now and he has to find that quarterback to do so and I believe Kenny Pickett is going to be their guy at six but now transitioning back to the Steelers once I see that first quarterback go off the board at six which I believe will be Kenny to Carolina I believe the Steelers are going to feel the heat and they're going to because I really truly believe that Malik Willis is their guy I really don't if it's not Malik Willis I really don't know who the pick is going to be because They've met with other quarterbacks. Maybe Kyle Hamilton falls somehow. Who knows? But I don't see him falling past the Eagles twice. But I really feel the Giants have two first-round picks. They have the five and they have the seven. So I feel like they're going to take a player at five, best player available. And then that seventh pick is they're going to be looking probably to trade it for more capital in 2023 if Daniel Jones doesn't work out this year to draft a quarterback and have ammunition for a trade or whatever in the 2023 class, which is – Definitely more stacked than this year. You got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, a bunch of other guys, Spencer Rattler. I know he's not a big name, but he will be in that class as well. So I believe the Giants are going to be looking for more ammunition for that quarterback stack 2023 class. However, I feel like the Steelers really believe that Malik Willis is their guy, especially Coach Tomlin from what I've been hearing and how he's talked to Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze about Willis and I see the Steelers making a trade with New York for that seventh overall pick as soon as Kenny goes off the board at six for the 20th pick this year and a first rounder next year. I mean, so I have a question really quick for you. Do you, other than like Carolina maybe trading, like what do you think would be like a huge draft day trade? Because they're not uncommon. I mean, they happen. But with, like right now, just sitting about like nine, 10 days away from the draft right now, what do you think? Like if you're in the GM room, compose like a draft, a crazy draft day, day trade that would like send the league into like a frenzy. I mean, Jacksonville, there really isn't a set number one pick this year. So I feel like if someone is willing to wants that number one pick. I feel like Jacksonville will be willing to move it, but I feel like teams aren't really that desperate to get that number one pick because there's really no consensus number one guy this year. Like last year was Trevor Lawrence, mm -hmm. the year before Joe Burrow. There really isn't that yep. guy in this year's class. People are mocking Aiden mm -hmm. Hutchinson, Evan Neal. You're talking about edge rushers and tackles. No one's going to give up the franchise for edge rusher or tackle. No. Um, I see that I really do see the Giants making a trade with one of those picks. The Jets have two first round picks, so the four and the 10. So if a team comes to them with an offer, I could see the Jets taking that. Same thing with the Eagles and Saints. They each have two first round picks that are named. The Saints, I believe, have the 15 and the 19. The Eagles also have two first round picks. They used to have three, but they traded one of those to the Saints. And the Eagles got more capital yeah. for the 2023 class. So I right. could see those teams with multiple first rounders. If there are desperate teams that want to move up, possibly like the Steelers, 
I could see those teams striking a deal because they have two first round picks and they could be looking for more ammunition for the 2023 class, which is believed to be more quarterback heavy. So I just have one more question now, since you brought up Malik Willis, what do you think kind of just like intertwines Willis? Like what makes you think that he's like the best fit for the Steelers other than like a Sam Howell or like another quarterback that's out there? John, before you answer that question, hold on. So I just got a notification saying that we only have now eight minutes uh, of meeting time left. Just so everyone knows. I don't know what that means. Um, Okay. But like that just happened for some reason, and I've never had that happen before. So we now have we're getting we're getting put on the clock now. I like it. Yeah, we have seven minutes and forty-seven seconds as we speak. All right, but go ahead, John. Sorry, I just cut you off. So no offense to Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter or any of these other quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. they do not have the arm talent of Malik Willis. Okay. I don't know if you're watching his uh, pro day. But he was, man, he, his ball, he has a beautiful ball, man. Beautiful. And Mike Tomlin was looking at it. And he, all this year, not only does he have that beautiful deep ball, Mike Tomlin talked about all this year, even though we love Ben, his mobility just wasn't there this year. And as he got older, his legs just weren't a factor. And today's NFL, this new age NFL, quarterback mobility is becoming something it's becoming a trend in the game. You see with Baltimore, with Lamar, and even with guys like Mahomes, he could move in the pocket. Josh Allen, yeah. quarterback mobility is becoming such a big part of today's NFL. So yep. not only could Malik Willis launch the ball, he's one of the most – he is the most mobile quarterback in this draft class by far. I saw something as like mm-hmm. a rusher. He had like the most evaded tackles out of quarterbacks in the FBS, and he is great at running the football as well as throwing it. The only knock on Malik Willis, I would say, is his lack, the lack of competition he faced at Liberty. Like Liberty and the FBS, you're not going to be going against these top flight SEC schools. And the one time he did go against a top flight SEC school and Ole Miss, he didn't really do too well. So he's going to have, these schemes that he was facing at Liberty were very vanilla and they were not near the complexity that, NFL defenses are going to be on a weekly basis. So I believe Malik Willis is a good fit because he has that raw talent. But with the Mm -hmm. signing of Mitchell Trubisky, the Steelers are in no rush to throw him into the fire. I heard a report from Dale Lally of DK Pittsburgh Sports that no matter who the quarterback the Steelers draft this year, he's going to be quarterback three, not only behind Mitchell Trubisky, but behind Mason Rudolph as well. So There's going to be no rush to throw Malik into the fire and he's going to have time to develop and kind of learn under Trubisky and Rudolph, just like Mahomes did under Alex Smith. So I believe Willis is a good fit because there's not that urgency to throw him out there, but he still has that talent, if you know what I mean. Right. I mean, I like that. You made a lot of good points. I do think that Malik Willis will probably be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. And let me add, I'm not, I, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd be, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, besides Willis, I do not, or Pickett, I do not want the Steelers drafting quarterback this year because I honestly believe in a new situation. I believe Mitchell Trubisky deserves a fair shot to be the franchise guy because in Chicago, if Matt Nagy, 
it was just a bad situation. The offensive line was a mess. Nagy was a terrible coach for him. And under Buffalo, he had time to learn under Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. And right away, you could see in the preseason when he was playing, he looked like a completely different quarterback. And he went number two oh. overall in the 2017 draft. He obviously has talent. He was just thrown into the wrong situation. And I believe the Steelers have the talent on both sides of the ball to help Mitchell Trubisky succeed. So I feel like sitting back at 20, saving your draft capital for next year in a quarterback heavy class and drafting the best player available because a good player will fall in this draft, whether it's a Jordan Davis, a Kyle Hamilton, um, any of these guys, a good a Tyler Linderbaum. A set, yeah, I know they just signed Mason Cole, but Tyler Linderbaum, man, he's, he's pushing guys into the stands. And like, I'd love to see the Steelers draft a pure center because Mason Cole had his struggles in Minnesota last year. And we know how Kendrick Green did. So I want the Steelers to really like fortify that interior offensive line because that was their biggest weakness last year by far. So mm-hmm. if one of those guys falls to 20, I'd love the Steelers to see the Steelers pull the trigger. Even a guy like Derek Stingley could possibly fall at corner, even though the Steelers signed Wallace and they re-signed Witherspoon. A good player is bound to fall to 20. And I feel like that could put like the roster over the top for possibly a playoff spot, even in the stacked AFC. But unfortunately, I do not feel like the Steelers agree with my perception. I feel like they're seeing all these quarterback moves going on around the league with the Browns getting Watson and the Bengals drafting Burrow early. They're seeing all these teams get their new shiny quarterback. And even though Mitchell Trubisky, they signed Trubisky, is Trubisky really going to excite everyone, if you know what I mean? Even though I really feel like he could succeed in a better environment, I feel like the Steelers are looking to add to that room. So mm-hmm. I would like to see them stay put at 20 and go best player available, but I just do not see it happening because Malik Willis yeah. has been tied to the Steelers throughout this entire process. And Mike Tomlin has just been in love throughout. He has a draft crush and his name is Malik Willis. And I feel like yeah. him and Colbert on the same page to go out with a bang and get their guy, no matter what it takes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right, I agree. So, go ahead. Uh, so we only have two minutes left. We haven't – we really only talked about three things. And, like, that's kind of lame for the amount of time that we did it in because I feel like we definitely could have talked about a lot more. Um, so, so, so here, I'll, t- I'll take over, like, the next minute or so. So Yeah, well, we have less – We're going to do our picks. So. We, we got this. So we're, we're going to do our picks. So gamble where legal – and if you're of age, of course, you know, because don't take our advice. We're going to talk about real quick the sports that we didn't cover, the NBA, because the playoffs are going on. So I'm just going to read off teams for that are playing on Wednesday and Thursday, and you guys give me your picks, okay? Real quick. 76ers at the Raptors. Uh, Philly. Sixers. Okay. Chicago and Milwaukee. 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 Dallas at Utah. Dallas, Utah. Okay. And Golden State at Denver. Golden State. State. See, look at that. That's simple. And I only took 40 seconds. All right. Well, John, thanks for being on the pod. We really appreciate it. What are your socials again, John? Again, at SteelersFan7 on Instagram. Make sure you drop a follow. Best Steelers content on the gram. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. And Joey, where where can our fans find us at? J underscore J Sports Show. I'm at Bovadog on Instagram and uh, Twitter. 
And I, I'm at Jacob Kubik, J-A-C-O-B-K-U-B-I-C-K 318 on Instagram. But peace out, everyone.